The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus answered the Jews, My father is at work until now, so I am at work. For this reason they tried all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus answered and said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, the Son, of, the son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For what he does, the Son will do also. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you may be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, so also the Son gives life to whomever he wishes. Nor does the Father judge anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life and will not come to condemnation, but has passed from death to life. Amen, amen, I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he gave to the Son the possession of life in himself. And he gave him power to exercise judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out, those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of the life, and those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of condemnation. I cannot do anything on my own. I judge as I hear, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, so the, um, there's something I was going to tell you guys today because uh, those of you who know Father, Father Francis Chun, this is his 59th year uh, as an ordina ordained priest. And I thought to myself, I was just like, I would be like 102 if I got to that point of, you know, nearly 60 years of ordination. So that probably won't happen for me, but that's okay. I'll go as long as I possibly can. But in honor of, of Father John, I, I would like to do this for all of you. True or false? <laughs> is, is there any other name under heaven in which you can be saved besides Jesus Christ? It's just like, false. No, there is no other name under heaven that can be, you can be saved by. That's another part of our gospel, is there is only one name under heaven that humanity can be saved, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. And so we hear that very, very specifically, that the Father and the Son are one and they are inseparable. So there's kind of this idea out in the world. I think I mentioned a part of this story before just a little bit, but uh, when, when Thomas was here serving with us, 
I remember he said that uh, he would get in conversations with a lot of different people. He was a bartender for a long time, so he'd get in all kinds of conversations, and he knew a lot about world religions in many different ways. And during that time talking to people, he would talk to them about all kinds of things. And people would be fascinated about Buddhism, fascinated about Hinduism, all these different things. And then he said, but you know, the most merciful God, the, the, you know, the best faith I have ever come across, and he was just like, Christianity, Jesus Christ. And they'd be like, I'm done talking to you, man. As, as soon as they heard Jesus Christ, they would kind of sort of walk away from the conversation. That's, that's a really dangerous thing, because there's only one name under heaven in which you will be saved. So a lot of people like the concept of God, but you cannot have the concept of God without having the Son. That's the only way that there's salvation. That's who's been revealed to humanity. Not, not other gods, or not some God that we don't know who he is. You know, he's revealed through the Son. And so one of the things that's such an important reminder for us always is this, is that Jesus and, and so the Son and the Father are always in existence. There's sort of a confusion at times that like, oh, well, when Jesus comes down here to earth, when he's incarnate as man, that that's the first time Jesus is in existence. It's like, no, the Father and the Son are always in existence before Jesus enters into a timeline. Because we also have to remember that God is outside of time. He's outside of time. And there's something super important of why those two persons of the Father and the Son are there is because our relationship with each other and the relationship with the Father and the Son rely on love. And for love to function, for it to even work, you need a lover and a beloved. There has to be a reciprocal relationship that goes back and forth. So from the beginning, from all, or, or I should say all eternity, the Father and the Son were always in existence, always loving each other back and forth. The Father bestows love on his Son, and the Son returns that love back to the Father, constantly. That constant love is what we call the Holy Spirit. So the reason that we have a Trinitarian God, even though it's beyond our, our full understanding, we can't grasp it fully, is because we need that reciprocity of love. That's in fact the same way that we were built. We were built, we were loved, and then we have to return that love back to something else. Some of you may have heard one of the things that my cousin um, Brother Rufino talked about in his own conversion story is that when he was in Costa Rica, Costa Rica on his surfing trip, one of the other things that happens besides breaking his hand, right? So he breaks his hand and he has time to read those books about the faith. But then the other huge thing that changes his life is he meets a little, little girl, an impoverished little girl in Costa Rica that asks him and his brothers for water. And he said that just ripped his heart in two. And, and, and he said he looked at her and he was just like, why do I have everything and she has almost nothing? And he said, in that moment, absolutely changed his life. And he said it was so clear in that moment that the Lord said to him, everything you have is a gift. So you give it all back to me. Again, the gift we have is that the Father loves us. And we return that gift back to him constantly. And the way that he decided to do that was that, that radical call that we hear in the gospel. He said, you know, give everything to me. And so when he saw this impoverished girl, he decided that he could live a life of poverty to give that love back to our Lord. 
So it's important. Now, every analogy that we ever make about the Trinity or all of these things, they'll always fall short. Remember that. We could always say things about what, what God is not, but we're never able to cr- completely grasp what he is in our human terms, in our human language. But sometimes an analogy sort of helps us at least a part of the way. My dad used to say it sort of like this. One of the things you'll notice is that the Father and the Son, of course, they share the same will. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are always in the same direction. One is never doing something without the other sharing the same divine will. And so it's sort of like whether the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit is driving the car, everybody's in the car. They are all in the same destination because their will is inseparable. Now, even that kind of runs into some Trinitarian problems and stuff like that, so you don't go too far down that road. But the important thing to know is that that will is always shared. You know, they're, they're inseparable and they're bound together by, by that love that we have. And so we can understand a part of that. And so our gratitude is to return that love to God. And, and in many ways, that's also attached to our action, because we hear at the very end of that gospel, too, that those who have done righteous deeds, that there is a judgment by, by what we have done. Have we shown our love for the Father by living in the way that he actually taught us how to live? Or have we not done that? Have we actually ignored his love and stepped out of his life? And it's super clear. Again, these things are not said in nebulous, weird language that we can't understand. It's just like, you know, what does it say right here at the end? Um, Okay, yeah. Because the hour is coming, which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of condemnation. And so that's an important, important reality. And he says, and I can't do any of these things on my own because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. So again, that will is bound together in love. And so if we learn these things from Jesus, we're called to actually live like him. As Father Richard said last night at the mission, he said he's always the benchmark, always the example. And so we always constantly look to the Son because there's no other name under heaven and earth in which humans can be saved except for the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you all. And that is true. True answer.